0: Welcome to Soft Landing, the podcast that makes interior design accessible to everyone. Hey guys, I'm Amy. I'm an interior designer, artist, and space planner. I'm here to talk about everything you need to know about interior design, from furniture to finances. I'm sharing over a decade of experience to help you find real design solutions and craft the space of your dreams. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in today. It's pretty common for someone to ask an interior designer exactly what it is they do, or how they are different from a decorator or even an architect. There is really so much overlap between all the disciplines of built environment designers. And if you want to dive into the nuances check out the episode, Call Me Maybe, where I break down the distinct differences between design and decoration. It's understandable how the two get so mixed up. Interior design is still a fairly new profession, and the earliest examples are hobbyist decorators and homemakers. But one person comes to mind when I think of the big turning point in this industry— when the creation of space stopped being seen as a hobby and started being respected and compensated as a true profession. That person is none other than Florence Knoll, interior designer, space planner, furniture designer, and trailblazer. Today, we are going to look at Florence's life and work, how you can incorporate her style into your home, And how she took an important role that was otherwise dismissed as frivolous and turned it into the valued skill and service we have today. But first, let's talk about the color of the week. Last week, the historic James Webb Space Telescope showed off its very first images of deep space. And while these images have major implications beyond the scope of this podcast, an interesting fact about the pictures in their raw state, they are black and white. The telescope takes pictures in grayscale to capture brightness, and additional filters are used to capture the wavelengths of infrared light. That is an approximation of what we believe the colors would look like. So although the stars, nebulas, and galaxies appear to look like a blurry string of multicolored twinkle lights, rest assured, deep space is dark black. That is why today our color of the week is Benjamin Moore Space Black 2119-10. Black in general has made a huge comeback over the last three years. Historic homes have opted to be painted from head to toe in daring shades of black that serve a more modern and monolithic aesthetic. And yes, a touch of goth. In a world where white and stainless steel window frames were kings of the castle, now the modern move is to have frames in black. A color like space black can be the perfect way to introduce this modern bold move, whether you're painting a collection of picture frames a single color to unify them, or even being so daring as to paint all the trim and baseboards in your home this color to tie into that fabulous wallpaper you chose. Space Black has a softness to it that won't feel overbearing, but will bring a profound sense of stillness to any room. It's as relaxing as the night sky itself. This episode is brought to you by Soft Landing Studio. If you enjoy this podcast and want to take your space to the next level, you can book a virtual appointment with me to review your home, office, or retail project. Whether you want a quick brainstorming session, a series of regular check-ins during your renovation, or to work with my full interior design services. We will talk through all your interior design goals, dreams, and aspirations, and give you a roadmap to get there. Go to www.softlandingstudio.com to schedule your experience now. And while you're there, don't forget to download the absolutely free guide to getting started. This fun filled PDF quiz will orient you at the very beginning of your interior design journey. If you know you aren't 100% happy in your space, but you don't know what to do about it, this guide is for you. You will be directed towards big idea solutions, so you'll know what to do and most importantly, what to avoid. Go to www.softlandingstudio.com for your free copy today. Our dear Florence Knoll was born in Michigan as Florence Schuster, and many close to her called her Shoe as an endearing nickname. Florence was tragically orphaned at a young age and wound up at the Kingswood College Prep and Boarding School which was associated with none other than our beloved Cranbrook. If you've listened to the episodes My Father's House or Ray of Light, this school will sound familiar. Led by Alail Saarinen, Cranbrook produced many great American architectural designers of the mid-century modern movement. Florence is a shining example of this. At age 14, she decided to design a house as part of her studies and introduced thoughtful design moves such as car garages that had roll-up doors on the front and back as she was learning to drive and hadn't got the hang of backing up yet. Her design was communicated via a three-dimensional scaled model and caught the eye of Alele and his family. They soon took Forn's under their wing. Many sources claim they basically adopted her as she lived with them until graduation. After her time at Cranbrook, she studied at several other prestigious schools, and her internship resume reads like a who's who of modern architecture. Walter Gropius, Mies van der Rohe, Marcel Brewer, and Alvar Aalto all contributed to Florence's education. She trained as an architect, but she was drawn to interiors and furniture, thinking deeply about the human interactions and behavior that occurs in any given space. And when she met her future husband Hans Knoll, whose family business was furniture, that's when things really started to synergize. Florence was able to help Hans position and market his furniture, she created multiple arms of the business to help fully integrate the design experience. It wasn't just a furniture showroom or catalog. It was a full-service treatment. There was Knoll textiles, a unique collection of fabrics that could be used on all Knoll upholstered pieces, custom made to order, of course. The look and feel of these fabrics were a strong departure from the decorator world to date. What would normally be a catalog of delicate florals, damasks, and silks was replaced with sturdy upholstery reminiscent of business suit jackets. Simple, flat-woven, small-scale gingham, subtle pinstripes, and tone-on-tone herringbone, mostly made from wool, took up the better part of the selections. This was a welcome change and helped propel the furniture world out of the stuffy, antiquated decorating world into the modern era. Florence got into the nuances of space planning when she was in charge of designing Knoll's furniture showrooms all over the United States and Europe. In each instance, she was given office space that had all kinds of challenges, From seemingly random-placed columns to lack of daylight or low ceilings, Florence used color theory and contrast to shape and define each space, making the showrooms feel open but not cold. What emerged from these projects was her signature style of using large, brightly colored panels to help the eye move around the showroom. Because Noel primarily sold office furniture, Florence turned her attention to office design. She created an entire space planning department within Knoll that meticulously looked at the flow and circulation of offices. She focused on creating efficient, dynamic, functional, and modern offices, planning not just the aesthetic of the furniture pieces themselves, but the meticulous placement of them. Up until this point, Interior design wasn't exactly defined the way it is today. It wasn't a real occupation. You couldn't get a master's degree in it. It was seen as a hobby, almost always associated with the home only, and especially considered the dreaded pigeonhole of women's work. It was just part of a wife and mother's duty as a homemaker. Architecture, on the other hand, was, and still is, a male-dominated field that often focused its efforts on sweeping gestures, massing, and formal geometries that, at its worst, neglected the human scale. Having studied with some of the major teachers from Germany's Bauhaus, Florence designed interiors to be holistic, total works of art, or Gussamt Kinswerk, As the Germans say. This means that architecture, furniture, accessories, and graphics in the space all work together to tell one big story. Florence is credited with coining the term experiential design. All five senses are engaged into one cohesive space, and the lens Florence saw interiors through was simple but still soft, sleek but vibrant. Florence was the person who championed the idea that interior design was, in fact, a job not related to domestic life and uniquely different from the work of an architect. The principles of interior design needed to be implemented in all types of spaces. She said, quote, In those days, the boss usually had a decorator. They did his office and maybe some of the other senior executives. But the people further down the line had offices designed by the purchasing agent who ordered furniture out of a catalog. So when I came along with my questionnaire, I wanted to know what they needed. It was kind of a radical idea, but it was also logical and obvious." That questionnaire she mentioned is the foundation of any well-planned interior. It's a process often referred to as programming, pre-design or design strategy. Ultimately, this process is a fact-finding, information-gathering series of exercises, interviews, and conversations that determine the course of the design before it even sets sail. By interviewing the people that work in the space, the design can evolve from the very small, everyday tasks that actually drive the use of the space. Designing from the inside out, so to speak. An office for someone who's in meetings all day should look different from one for a person who is clacking away, super focused on their computer for eight hours. This process is often devalued, overlooked, and dismissed as being fluffy and unnecessary. And yet, every project I've worked on that had a solid programming initiative had a much clearer path to success than ones that didn't. A client might say they want a modern space, but teasing out exactly what that means can take a little back and forth. One person's modern is another person's traditional, and it's so much better to do that in the beginning than in the middle of construction. This was a turning point in the world of interiors, and in some ways... The industry is still churning to evolve away from the idea that interior spaces are organized in a frivolous manner, solely based on trends. What Florence was tapping into was elements of behavioral psychology, ergonomics, emotions, and yes, aesthetics. Florence also changed the way design was communicated. She used the technique referred to as a paste-up plan. This was a floor plan of the space surrounded by elevations of each wall so it looks like an unfolded box laid flat. She would then use samples of all the materials and fabrics to fill in the context of the room. This created a two-dimensional model of the entire space, which was quicker than creating a built-up 3D model, but still effective in communicating the look of the space. Effective communication of aesthetics prior to their construction is a foundation of the professional interior design world. Collaboration between different designers can either make or break a project, and Florence was an alchemist when it came to finding the right people for the job. She used her Cranbrook connections to commission furniture and accessories from prolific designers such as Harry Bertoia, Eero Saarinen, and Isamu Noguchi. The iconic tulip, womb, Barcelona, and Bertoia chairs were all commissioned by Florence for Knoll, but she did her fair share of her own furniture design. Not only did she envision an office table that could be dually used as a desk or a meeting table, which is now a basic building block in office design. She also created the hairpin leg for tables, which is so ubiquitous in coffee and side tables today it's easy to forget its origin story. It's 2022 and Knoll furniture designs are still in production and available for sale, both through the recently merged company Miller Knoll and through the beloved store Design Within Reach. If you ever find yourself in a DWR store, which seems to be growing in numbers by the year, take a look at the designers of each piece. While there are many newly designed pieces, there are also historic artifacts that serve as the foundation of modern design. If Florence's designs from the 1950s still look fairly modern today, it's fun to think about how striking they must have been when they originally debuted. Making your home feel like a Knoll space is easy, if you're willing to embrace clean lines and modernism. Try adding a single, brightly colored accent wall like a cobalt blue or the signature Knoll red-orange layering in creamy, solid color fabrics and textiles, primarily rectilinear furniture with minimalist details, neatly organizing furniture into carefully planned clusters organized on their own area rugs, and celebrating authentic materials like walnut wood flooring. Avoid elaborate molding and trim and botanical patterns, especially small scale ones. Most importantly, let the use of the space drive the design. Florence retired and gave up her stake in Knoll in 1965 and, like a true golden girl, moved to Florida, where she became intensely private. And good for her. She lived to be 101 years old and left behind a legacy that will last as long as furniture is being made. Do you have a favorite and old piece of furniture? It's hard to choose. There are so many great options. If you haven't already, you can check out the show notes for some great links to the pieces mentioned in this episode. I hope you're treating yourself like you plan on living to be 101, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.